Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Heel Turns and Headlocks podcast. I am your host, Brian Ray. Alongside me is the co-host, or the hostess with the mostest. Introduce yourself, buddy. Hostess with the mostest is because I got a lot of weight on me. My name's Bear DiGiulio. Bear is not my real name, but my name's Alberto Alberto. That yeah, Bear DiGiulio. There's an extra I in there that shouldn't be for DiGiulio. Um, yeah. DeJulio, that's my last name. You don't need to remember that. Just remember Bear. Now, before we start anything, yeah, go ahead. Well, the original plan was to actually wait until Sunday, try and get this off the ground with a relatively basic, but, you know, kind of decent launching pad of reviewing the week of wrestling that preceded us. But... WWE decided to turn the industry on its head once more by releasing quite a few wrestlers. A lot of people we haven't seen on TV in a while in a wrestler's capacity. A lot of people we have. And we thought that, you know, try and make a positive out of a negative. We could look at what's next for these wrestlers as they, I guess, try to figure out what's next for themselves and maybe we can, you know, lend a helping hand. That's the so, goal. Yeah. That's exactly. the goal. Yeah. So th- this is, you know, this is not reports or rumors. This is not dirt sheet, you know, whatever the hell that shit means, you know. We have no connections. We don't. Not, not yet. yet at least. One day we will have Virgil on this podcast and that yep, will yep. spark the revolution. But until then cheek. My goal, if anything for heel turns and headlocks is having Iron Cheek on just so he can swear at us for an hour. And we swear that we will do everything in our power to create the long-awaited dream match, the no-DQ match between Jim Cornette and Vince Russo. But until then, here we are speculating and offering our two cents and hopefully all the men and women out there who are listening like what we have to say, or at least find it interesting enough to join the conversation. And if you'd like to join the conversation, I like the way you segue there. If you'd like to join this, the conversation, we are at heel turns and headlocks on Facebook. We are at heel underscore turns underscore pod on Twitter. We actually have a website coming out. Yes, sir. It's not ready yet. It will be very soon. Um, heel turns and headlocks.com. That's how official we are. We have a fucking dot com. <laughs> um, obviously, you can cut, you know, you're listening to us via podcast, which we're going to be on Anchor, anchor.fm slash heel turns and headlocks. And that um, spread around. I said Twitter already. Facebook. I said Facebook. We have Instagram. There at, you go. At, again, heel turns and headlocks. Tying it all together. Yep. And. Before, two things before. One, we're going to have merchandise come out. Ooh. Yes. Belowthecollar.com slash, you guessed it, heel turns and headlocks. We have two designs. Well, one design, but on two different colored shirts. One will be gold. One will be black. With that said, before we start with our prediction, not prediction, but yeah, kind of our predictions on where each of these men and women will be taking their careers as well as where they should be taking their yeah. careers. 
I like to introduce a contest. Basically, the first person to write on our Facebook wall with a question we ask during the podcast. Well, I'm not going to ask the question now, so that way you're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to listen to our voices in order to win this contest. What will you win in this contest? A heel turns and headlocks shirt, courtesy of us. We will pay for the shirt. Yes. Yes. And and it is a pretty looking shirt. And you can show everyone why professional wrestling is the best damn thing on the planet. And who doesn't want to do that? And show them the cool ass shirt that we are producing. Well, we're not producing, you know, below the collar is, but we're going to sell the shit out of them. (laughs) And on that note, let's, let's start this by first saying our thoughts are with all of the wrestlers and the families of the wrestlers and the friends of the wrestlers who lost their jobs today, as well as the producers, road agents, talent scouts, producers, writers, referees, etc. Everyone who lost their job today, and not only in wrestling, but outside of wrestling, our thoughts are with you, and we really hope that the economy can stabilize so we can hopefully get back to a state of financial normalcy with that fake word. Uh, to go with ideally a healthier planet so before we say anything we just want to say we're so sorry to everyone who lost their job and we really believe that you all can land on your feet and hopefully we can give you some ideas as to how you can do so so we're gonna do it i think alphabetical is the safest way to do it so we don't forget anybody uh, and on that note, we're going to start with a guy who hasn't been a wrestler in a while, but has been a commentator for a while, and that's Aiden English. I'm if surprised you're... by this move. I'm surprised because I thought he was actually doing a pretty good job on 205 Live, Yeah, commentator. Um, as a wrestler, hasn't done much in WWE. I don't think that's really his fault. He did get something insanely over with someone else that was released today Mm. i think you know what i'm referring to i'm not gonna sing because i can't but aiden english and rusev got themselves over in a way that really should have actually gave them a tag team championship run i agree and with him now we're gonna we're gonna alternate here in terms of like where we believe they should go yep and we'll even give a take on where we think they will go but our yep. focus is where they should and we might agree on some things we might not yep so, i'm gonna say i'm gonna say eight in english now again purely speculative we're not saying oh i heard through the grapevine that eight in english is gonna end up here we don't have that yeah what I will say, what I believe is that Aiden English actually finds himself in Ring of Honor. Um, but I think as a commentator as well, I think he'd bring a lot to the table. I think mm-hmm. he's doing really well in 205 Live. I don't know if he wants to continue pursuing his career in wrestling as a wrestler. Yeah. If he does, great. I thought he was a damn good worker. I know he's a Chicago guy. Yeah. Um, I'm a Chicago guy, by the way. But There you go. I think I think he might actually end up in Ring of Honor. I mean, again, purely speculative. I just think that that's somewhere I can see him ending up. What about you? 
I I think that it depends on the path he follows. If he does go the commentary route, I agree. Ring of Honor is perfect for him. AEW has a very crowded table already, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Just that can't there's not much room to add another voice on the programming. Maybe you know some spot appearances for AEW Dark. That would be great. Uh, I think that in terms of commentary, Ring of Honor makes a lot of sense. And if he does team up with Simon Gotch again, or now Simon Grimm, as a tag team, they would really fit just about anywhere because they have the character work, and also they're pretty darn darn good in the ring. However, if he goes solo and he does pursue a singles wrestling career, I think Aiden English would be a really good fit for the NWA. I think he's got the old school vibe about him. I think the singing is appealing and could be even more over in a studio setting where it's really intimate. And he's one of those wrestlers who I think, you know, may not jump off the page despite being a much better athlete than people give him credit for at six foot three, or at least that's what he's billed at. But still a second rope swanton bomb is nothing to, you know, scoff at. Uh, I, I love the way I love the way he could potentially fit in NWA. Agreed, and I and I think that's an ideal setting for him. And from there, I think a lot of opportunities would open up for him. Um, I like but, that. Yeah. So I guess we'll move on to two of the bigger names, former tag team champions, multiple times over, including a guy who's held a couple of single titles too, and that's Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. We could do them separately. For me, I think that the route for them to follow is to AEW, and I think they should go as a tag team. And I don't necessarily think they would stand out as a tag team, but I do think that that would create the opportunity for Zack Ryder to finally get that huge babyface push that we've all been waiting for. Because what better way to build that story than for Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder to go to a different company, continue to lose, Kurt (laughs) Hawkins turns on Zack Ryder and blames him, and then Zack Ryder, boom, becomes the star that we all know that he can be because, hey, man, he knew the internet before any of us. The the whole social media renaissance was actually, was it, we can almost say it started because of Zack Ryder. Yeah. I, you know, I'm pretty sure he was the first guy to have his own show, Z, true, what was it, Long Island, IZ, all that stuff on YouTube. It was great stuff. Yeah. He put himself in a position where, you know, I mean, yeah, he got released today, but you know, I think his career actually became got longer in WWE because of what he did, how he marketed himself. He even got himself a United States Championship reign out of it. He had a yeah. a one or two day reign as Intercontinental Champion. That place, Which by you- the way, I was at that WrestleMania when Zack Ryder won that Intercontinental oh. Championship ladder match. That place exploded. Wow, people. Love Zack Ryder. I love Zack Ryder. He's he's a damn good worker. Yeah. And by the way, twice he won titles at WrestleMania. He also won the tag titles at WrestleMania. Yep. What was it? Last year? Last year. <clears throat> you know, he, he's he hasn't done everything we want him to, but even still, you know, two singles titles and two tag reigns, pretty good. And don't forget, just to add to this point, he's only 34 years old. His damn career man. is still ahead of him. I can't believe how young he still is. And, you know, I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure he and Cody Rhodes are friends. And I think 
that's where I also expect Zack Ryder to go, anchored Hawkins for that matter, to AEW. Plus, that tag team division in AEW, stacked. Beautiful. Adam Page and Kenny Omega are the champs right now, but you have the Dark Order, you have the Inner Circle, you have SCU, you have Best Friends. You still technically have strong hearts, even though I haven't seen much of them. Death the Elite, obviously. Um, the you know the Young Bucks, the Natural Nightmares, the oh Private Party, Hybrid Two or Hybrid Squared, <laughs> Jurassic Express. There are so many tag teams in AEW. I love tag team wrestling. I'm a huge, huge mark. Death Triangle. How could I forget? Or I'm sorry, Lucha Brothers are the tag team. There are so many tag teams in AEW, and I think that Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins would fit perfectly there. I agree. And on that oh, note, let's move on to uh, one of your favorite wrestlers. Oh, man. Miss Diana. Diana, man, the Italian stallion, I like to call her, because, you know, she's Italian. But I, I don't think she was given a fair shake since coming to WWE and yeah. now that she has been released it, it sucks I feel really bad for her but I don't think she's going to have a problem finding a job when all of a sudden no. not here not at all do I I personally believe she could be a huge part of any division she any women's division that she goes to not only a huge part but I would argue yeah. that she could be one of the defining stars of any division she goes to the fact that she wasn't a star in NXT blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think she could go to AEW and she could thrive. I think she could go to ring of honor and she could thrive. She where her as unless I'm, I'm dated where her boyfriend, Marty Scurll happens to work. Am I wrong? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they are. If you broke it up, I'm very sorry, but yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, if even you know, regardless of the the even regardless of if they are or aren't, she'd be such a she'd be probably the star of that Ring of Honor women's yeah. division. And, and let's not forget again, only twenty five years old, entire career ahead of her. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, one of her last years in Ring of Honor before she signed with WWE in 2018. She was the 2017 Women of Honor Wrestler of the Year. She has roots there. Yep. It's not as though she would be going to somewhere she's unfamiliar. Yep. And by the way, we're not going to discredit the fact that she could end up a knockout for Impact Wrestling. I yes. think that somewhere we could also, you know, no pun intended. I know, no pun intended. I know they already have a woman wrestler by the name of Havoc, but I think Deanna Perazzo could wreak havoc in Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Plus, now, both matches would be awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Impact is one that I think you're going to hear mentioned a couple of times on this yep. podcast, and you might go, wait, why? I understand that a lot of people have not been watching. Allow me to say this. I've been a TNA fan since 2002 when they first had weekly pay-per-views. Yep. I paid all that money. Well, I didn't pay it. My parents did. I right. made well, technically, I didn't make them. I just did it without them knowing, and then they yelled at me after the fact. I still get yelled at. I'm 28, so don't There worry. you go. Impact has always been ahead of the curve when it comes to women's wrestling. Yep. Whether it's developing characters, real authentic characters with backstories, or just allowing these women to go into the ring and have 
stipulation matches that they weren't having everywhere else. They've always been ahead of the curve. And their women's division now, I mean, Jordan Grace, Jessica Havoc, uh, you know, Kylie Ray just signed there. Tennille Dashwood's there. Taya Valkyrie, Sue Young, Rosemary, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's, it's deep. So if she wants to go there, there's talent. And one of the things you always hear from that division is how much they love each other. Yeah. However, <clears throat> I agree with you on Ring of Honor, but I'm going to go back to your first mention, and that is the division that desperately needs talent, and that is AEW. AEW, if there's anything that's wrong, wrong with their roster, I mean, I you know, don't get don't get me wrong. Relatively speaking, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think the only thing, the only thing that they need to do is bolster that women's division quite a bit. Britt Baker is phenomenal. Yep. Dr. Britt Baker, I'm very sorry. Hikaru Shida, awesome. Yep. You know, they, they, have, they have talent. But I think, I think they just, who's the face of that division? You, you could argue it's Britt Baker, but again, and honestly, that moment she had with the bloody nose and the smile reminded me of Becky. It reminded me of Stone Cold. Yep. It was a moment, and I mean, I've said this to you a hundred times, great matches, great pro- promos, we remember them, but it's the moments that make professional wrestling, and I think that was the moment that Britt, Britt, Britt Baker, excuse me, became a star, but even with Britt Baker and, you know, Chris Dotlander and Hikaru Shida, you know, Nyla Rose, etc., you don't know who the face of that division is yet, and I think Deanna could genuinely become the face of that division. Yeah. So, and from an outside of the ring perspective, might make it a little easier to build that working relationship with Ring of Honor. Boom. Especially if, you know, her and Marty are still together. That's something definitely yeah. that... Um, and again, we don't read the dirt sheets. Yeah. I'm sorry if they're not together. Yeah, I don't know either. But quite frankly, it's okay because this is our podcast. We can say whatever the hell we want. <laughs> but like you said, I think... They could really use a shot in the arm in this women's division for AEW in particular. So I believe that she's going to go there. Now, let's move on to the saddest one of the day. The saddest one of the day because that video, that video was just, (sighs) yeah. Tearjerker video. If you haven't seen it, go to Drake Maverick's Twitter or Instagram. I'm not sure if he has Facebook, but Twitter or Instagram, he shared a video Moments after he was informed that he was released, in genuine tears, talking about how much it means to him to be a part of WWE, about how not only might these next three matches that he's wrestling in the interim cruiserweight title tournament, the round robin style tournament, they might not only be his last in WWE, they might be his last in general, and incredibly emotional video to the point that you really hope well, I'll just dive right into it. You want to know where I think Drake Maverick should end up? The answer is fucking WWE. That video changes things. That I hope, video is the launching pad. I hope. I hope that that video made them see, like, you know what? Here's a guy we can we can still use. Like, he was the general manager of 205 Live. He's still actually performing in this interim NXT Cruiserweight Championship tournament. He's a former WWE 24-7 champion. It's and he, he role for him. You know, we're going to get into another guy who got released with Impact Roots, but Drake Maverick and Impact 
when Impact was still doing pretty strong numbers on TV, and they, you know, they're doing all right now, but when they were still doing strong numbers on TV, Drake Maverick was a featured piece of that puzzle. Yeah. He is popular. He, I, I'm not going to say he's a draw, but he can draw, or at least draw interest, even if he can't draw money. Yep. I think that that was his Cedric Alexander moment. Remember when he had that match against Cody Ibushi and the crowd was cheering for Cedric saying, please sign Cedric, and Triple yep. H came out and gave the thumbs up? That video that Drake Maverick posted, whether intentionally or not, I think that was his Cedric Alexander moment where if you're WWE, you have to look at that and now go, we can do something with this. Yep. And I think what you do with this is really simple. You use that for the story of the round robin tournament. Build it up on commentary. Talk about the fact that this could be the last match that Drake Maverick ever wrestles. If he doesn't win the title, he could be gone from WWE. Build up that sympathy. And I genuinely believe that if or when he comes up short or wins the title, you will have fans chanting, please sign Drake. I love that, and that I, that changes my answer. I believe that that's something that WWE should be considering. I pegged him as a potential Impact Wrestling return. Yeah, I can but, see that. And, and that's not something that you know that's that's not bad. It wouldn't no. be bad for him. He thrived in T- he thrived in Impact. He thrived in TNA. He won the TNA World Cup in 2015. He was he won the briefcase and the feaster fired in 2015 for the x division championship he's a former two-time x division champion he won the british boot camp in 2013 he's done a lot of good yeah in impact wrestling but i agree with you i hope if nothing else he ends up back in wwe yep yep i look i agree and and again i i know i said (laughs) i know that i said chanting obviously there's going to be no one chanting right Uh, we can chant from here Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> but I think there will be a social media presence about it. I yeah. think it'll get people talking. It'll get people interested. And, and I think, you know, I get it. You know, it, it's a money game. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm not dumb. I understand that, you know, we'll get into it later, but there are some people who got cut where you look and you go, why? You know, maybe they wanted to leave, maybe they didn't. But the answer to why is, well, you know, they get paid a lot of money, and you don't have much money coming in. You're not doing house shows. You're right. not selling tickets, et cetera. Unfortunately, this is a business. Yep. And, you know, this is the ugly side of capitalism and business. But for Drake Maverick, I think you have a feel-good story now. I think you have a guy who's going to go out there, and even though there won't be any crowds, or unfortunately, yep. He can get over as really, you know, the star of this tournament. And if he succeeds in doing so, I really hope they keep him. If they don't, I agree with you. AEW would be fun. Drake is very versatile. But I think going back to Impact and going to an Impact company that, by the way, is pretty much on the rise. I'm pretty sure a few weeks ago they did 64,000 viewers on Access TV. I know that's not, you know, oh, man, that's not a million. Yeah, there's only one WWE, even AEW is struggling to get there right now. But 64K for a quote-unquote dead company, that's 64,000 people watching that show. Someone like Drake can enhance that. So if WWE doesn't work out, I'd love to see him in AEW. But I'd really love to see him in Impact because, I mean, he has roots there. And I'd love to see him finish what he started, if nothing else. 
And on the top, I mean, not on the topic of Drake Maverick, but a guy that's very... They have history. A lot of history between the two. We're going to go into the next person that got released today. A man by the name of EC3. My friends know, you know, everybody knows, I'm a huge, 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 huge fan of EC3. I think he's got everything that Vincent Kennedy McMahon is looking for in a professional wrestler. Looks, talent, charisma, you name it, he's got it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why he did not succeed in NXT, in NXT or WWE. I, I don't. No idea. He's a former Impact Wrestling champion. Actually, two-time Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight champion. Yeah. Um, he won the Feast of Fired briefcase in 2013. He actually got the pink slip in 2018, which led him back to WWE. Impact Grand Sl- Grand Champion, I'm sorry. I will never understand why he couldn't at least get one title reign in NXT. Not even as NXT champion, but I thought maybe, just maybe, he could be North American champion. Yeah. Um I'll never understand it. I think the I think the world of this guy, um <clears throat> when he was Derek Bateman, I thought for sure like I was calling it then when he was Derek Bateman. I'm like, this guy is gonna be a future star. Injuries kind of derailed that. He went to Impact. He recreated himself as Ethan Carter III. What a strong character. He, he, What he became was so cool and just I – don't, I don't get it, and I probably yeah. never will. I don't know if he gets it, but the guy's got a you – know, I'm, I'm going to come off as a little weird, but the guy's got the body – a million-dollar body. Yeah. He can talk. He can do everything you want in a professional wrestler, but for whatever reason, just didn't cut it in WWE. And today, unfortunately, he was a part of the releases. And you know, I think he's relieved to be released. You know, yep. he, he felt creatively suppressed there. And you know, we're not going to get too much into the booking side of it. But what I will say is this: EC3 was one of the faces of TNA slash Impact, and you know. For all the talk that, you know, we have about people saying, ha-ha, TNA, they sucked, you know, when they were on pop, they were still clearing 100,000-plus rating viewers yeah. a week. You know, they lost a lot of viewers, but the misconception about Impact slash TNA is, you know, this idea that they were dead in the water. They weren't dead in the water. There are certainly questions as to whether or not they can recover, but they're still, you know, a viable option that can make money if they give out realistic contracts to realistic talent. Yep. And I think with that, I believe, I fully believe that he ends up in AEW. I'm not, you know, again, yeah. I think he could, I think Impact, I mean, any company will be lucky to have him. Yeah. I think, I think if he goes to Impact, I think it'd be awesome. Ring of Honor would be something different for him. New Japan would be something insanely different for him as well. Yeah. I don't think they're all bad options for him, but I do believe that he ends up in all elite wrestling. I agree. I, I you know, it's funny. I came onto this call saying impact, but you sold me. Yeah. Because my initial concern was, does EC3 overlap with MJF, who AEW has more invested in? Not I, short term, but long term. I love that. I love that comparison because it's there. 
yeah. obviously the only you know obviously MJF has time on his side because MJF is what twenty kid. 2023 or something like that what is he yeah I, it's too depressing to google at this point. yeah i don't even want to but you know yeah. i'm not saying ec3 is old he's 37 but mjf is you know what we're gonna look it up right now because we <laughs> mjf and i'm really depressed to say this is 24 years old yeah that's See, and that was the initial reason why I was going to say impact, but my opinion changed because as you spoke, I started to think about it. And if you are EC3 and the reason you signed with WWE was not to cash a check, and I don't believe it was, right? your goal has to be, at least I would think, you want to establish that you are capable of being a main event player outside of impact. Yep, And you can go back to Impact and legitimately elevate that brand with your presence and go back to being that compelling character that you were. Nothing wrong with that. But if you go to AEW, where you have a character that may take precedence over you and is of the same, cut from the same cloth, as they say, I think yep. that challenges you to be different. I think it challenges you to evolve and adapt. And I think that's a good thing for EC3. And it'll really test if he is meant to be what he believes he's capable of being. And, you know, you, you, you swayed me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with AEW. EC3 to AEW and whatever his name will be. Hopefully, you know, some kind of American Psycho reference again. I, I think it could happen. <laughs> and... With that, we will go to – we're going to combine these two Yeah. next ones. Primo and Epico Cologne. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. I, I feel bad. They no longer have jobs with WWE. Yeah. But I'm also surprised that they have held on this long. I yeah. don't remember the last time they were actually featured on television. When they were the Matadors is the last thing I remember, and that was a long time ago. Right. So, you know – Look, I think we all agree that they're talented. They've had good matches in WWE. I don't know them personally. I don't know what the passion level is to continue wrestling. Yeah. Um, What I will say is this, though, and I I don't think it's out of line. Latino wrestlers in the United States tend to be stereotyped and put into a box of some yep. sort even even the ones who are incredibly successful it seems like they're kind of put in a box that they have to work within and then prove that they can bust out of which is not fair right i think one of the companies that does a great job of not doing this is the company that i think they could realistically go to and that's impact wrestling um the north right now ethan yep. page and josh alexander formerly known as monster mafia you've probably seen them in all over the Indies, PWG, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Uh, they're incredible. And and that if that's your launching point for a feud, that's a great way to reintroduce yourself to the pref, uh, professional wrestling community. You have, you know, OVE, you have the Rascals. You know, it, it's a good tag team division in terms of who's at the top of it. You know, Reno Scum is a pretty good. The Deaners are pretty good. But that division is also looking for some depth in terms of star power, and they would probably be the biggest names there. Is that safe to say? I, I know that not necessarily saying best or not, you know, nothing against them. They could very, very they may very well be the best tag team we haven't been watching for the past five years. You, you but, never know. Right. 
But I think Impact gives them the best opportunity to realistically go out there and wrestle in a way where they can have creative input and actually determine what type of characters they play and what kind of matches they have. And look, I know that they were the laughing stock for a while, they being TNA slash Impact, but Scott Demore and Don Callis are doing pretty good stuff, pretty good things over there. And uh, I think the Colognes could ideally play on their name and their heritage and, you know, maybe become a pretty big act in the tag team scene. I will, I agree with you. I think that Impact's probably the best landing spot for them. Not saying that, you know, they wouldn't thrive anywhere else as a tag team, but I like the way you think there. And with that, and on the topic of Impact Wrestling, and <laughs> that's where I believe this next person will end up, Eric Young, who... Yeah. I'm surprised he never got a fair shake in WWE. I know he was featured prominently in NXT when he was the leader of Sanity. Man, what happened? Let's Before we get into where I think he'll end up, which I already mentioned, Impact Wrestling, did anybody actually think Nikki Cross would end up being the star? <laughs> you know, I feel like we thought she might become the star after, like, years of them wreaking havoc. and. Yeah. What's funny is I still remember that SmackDown where they appeared out of nowhere. Who was it? They, I think they attacked the New Day. Yep. And it was like, oh, this is their moment finally. All right. Worth the wait. Cool, cool. And then like two weeks later, they were split up. Yep. Gone. <laughs> and it was like, all right. So you basically just wanted to reintroduce them to our television screens just to send them off somewhere else and be like, enjoy this. You know, but. Yeah. I digress. I don't. I don't know where, I mean, if he's got the, if Eric Young has the want, the desire to continue wrestling, he could be a good, I, I'm not saying this in a bad way, but I feel like he could be a good hand anywhere he goes. I say good hand, not hey, in a disrespectful way. Your mic's cutting off. My mic is cutting off? Yeah, it's like uh, scrambled. I good. can edit it so we can transition smoothly, but... Okay. Well, how about... Well, you're now? good now. You're good now. So I guess start over that Eric Young thought. I Do I... I think Eric Young would be a good hand anywhere. Do I... I I'm not saying good hand in a disrespectful way, mm-hmm. but, you know, you look at it, he's 40 years old, turning 41 in December. You know... I loved him in TNA. I loved everything he did over there. Yeah. I feel like he could still be a good hand anywhere he went. But for that reason, I believe he may end up back in Impact Wrestling. Well, you know, and again, as I said, I'm a TNA mark. You know, I watched it since 2002. And what's what a lot of people don't remember, or maybe they didn't watch yet, Eric Young's start in TNA was with Scott Demore, who's one of the heads of creative now. Yep. Uh, and he was in a tag team, or not tag team, a faction called Team Canada. And he was tag team champions twice over under the NWA banner, one yeah. or another two times under the TNA banner. Um, and then he literally did everything in TNA. He's a Grand Slam champion. He's been the world champion, you know, X Division tag team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the character was always entertaining. It was the highlight of all the shows he was on. Even when they had household names, 
Eric Young was a character that you looked forward to seeing because he constantly reinvented himself and he constantly gave you new reasons to care about what he did before the thing you originally cared about could go stale. Uh, I think for that reason, he really fits anywhere. Yep. Um, I think it would be interesting to see him as a member of the Dark Order. I think he could add some depth there in terms of character development. But I do agree. I think Impact slash TNA is the place to go. You know, if you're Scott Demore, I you know it's nice that you're bringing in all these older wrestlers again to get them one more go. I I actually think it's been entertaining because you haven't been prioritizing them. Your priority is still the younger talent like Tessa Blanchard, Eddie Edwards, Michael Elgin, The North, etc. But I think the way that TNA reestablishes itself as a viable option is by kind of mending some fences with those originals who put the company on their backs and built it and then got discarded. And Eric Young is an original. I mean, he was there as long as I can remember TNA being around. Uh, I think he debuted 2004, so maybe two years in. But, I mean, Team Canada was one of the key factions in the growth of TNA. And Eric Young was a huge part of that. And after that, you know, every gimmick he had, sometimes it was outrageous. Sometimes it was compelling on a genuine, you know, psychological level. Whatever he did, it got over. And I think him going back might, you know, potentially open the floodgates to at least get some of those TNA originals in the Hall of Fame. And he's one of those guys who should be. And, you know, from there, maybe you can, you know, build up some good wrestling karma. I don't know. No, I I like the way you think, and that's exactly where I believe he'll also end up. Yeah. And with that, we shall transition to our next superstar. One of my favorite wrestlers. And, yeah. And, you know, before we go into it, how <sighs> three-man band was such a cool it was it was like it was cringy cool i don't know um but i mean he's got some pretty good accolades he's a he's a four-time wb tag team champion well one time under the smackdown banner three wb tag team reigns one 24-7 championship reign he won three titles in fcw he's got kids one of the best gimmicks that never went anywhere and god how brilliant was it when the superstar shakeup happened or the WWE draft happened a few years ago and they produced those videos where they essentially forgot about him <laughs> you know some people will say he was just a jobber and that's fine if you think that that's cool i think heath slater had the potential to really be like a marketable star in wwe i'm where I- positive that those those i've got kids shirts so yeah. I'm positive of it. And you know what's crazy to me is like, this seems like such a weird thing to say, but all of the jokes that people make about gingers, and I have a ginger beard, so don't get up in arms. Oh, it's like it genuinely held him back. He had a great look. He was a great shape. He's tall. He's athletic. You know, he has a pretty good move set. You can put him in a tag team with just about anybody, and it's going to be a good tag team. He was always over. People reacted when he came out. The man got himself and Rhino not only over, but they're the first ever WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions when they split the rosters back up. Crazy. 
like, come on. He's a great, great hand. He's a good, he's a, I, I think people need to realize he's actually a good wrestler. He is. Look, look, I know that we joke about, you know, Brock Lesnar doing this and Brock Lesnar doing that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can we just say for a moment, I don't think Brock works with people unless he wants to work with people. Yep. I think that's a fair assumption. And yep. Brock Lesnar had a little program going, even if it was only one week, with Heath Slater. Yep. And it was over as hell. I don't give a shit about your kids. That was amazing. It was awesome. And look, I guess to answer the question of where should he go, my first instinct was to say NWA because Heath has that old school wrestling style, old school you know mentality. I think to the way he approaches the ring. Uh, and, and I think being in that environment would be good for him to develop his character a little more and then be able to go out into the world and thrive elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But not to get repetitive, but I actually think he's a guy who could legitimately stand out in AEW. In a place where guys like Orange Cassidy are getting over, and Orange Cassidy could get over anywhere, don't get me wrong. But oh, what I mean by that is that's a fan base that embraces those kind of characters. Yeah. Just go back to I Got Kids. Go back to forgetting. Have them sign Heath Slater and forget they even signed him. Yep. Like, do something. The guy's creative as all hell. He's reinvented his character who knows how many times at this point. And I think that maybe, you know, through no fault of his own, he might have gotten into a bit of a comfort zone in WWE because his role was so steady the whole time of, you know not really being challenged to push yourself. It's possible. I think that if he puts himself in an environment like AEW where you have to push push yourself, you have to try and stand out on a roster with a hell of a lot of talent, I think Heath Slater's a guy who can get over. I think he's a guy you can put in programs early on with guys like Colt Cabana and Orange Cassidy, get some comedy going, you know, Peter Avalon. It'll be funny. But I also think that he's a guy who has the tools to turn it on and be serious. And I hope he gets that opportunity because the guy's too talented to not have won a single. And the 24-7 title isn't real to me. Yeah, no. But wrestling is still real, damn it. Damn it. Uh, it. But I think Heath Slater, you know, he's too good to not accomplish anything. So NWA would probably be my first pick just in terms of where to start. But... I really think he can stand out anywhere, and I hope he goes to AEW and gets a chance to prove it. I agree with you 1,000%. And on the topic, or not topic, obviously, but on the, I guess, topic of AEW, my next pick, or where I believe they will end up... Now, here's the thing. Our next, peop- our next two superstars on this release list are Luke and Luke. Luke Anderson, yeah. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Yeah. These these releases surprise me. Uh, piss me they, off. They were just featured pretty prominently in the Boneyard match at WrestleMania. Just, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Not even two weeks ago yet? Like, yeah. they were prominent in that match with... Ten days under- later, here's your pink slip. Right, and do I think that this was strictly based on finances yeah yeah they're getting paid almost a million dollars each god bless and and look and i don't say that in a way like why it's just their role within the wwe construct 
has clearly been to facilitate stories that are not built around them. Yep. And every company needs those guys. I think that that's an underrated asset in professional wrestling today. Um, to have people who don't need to be the focal point, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. But you're talking about one of the best tag teams on the goddamn planet. Forgive yeah, my man. French. You're part of the important, but yeah. No, I and so I think I wholeheartedly believe that you know the the young bucks you know the young bucks connection the kenny omega connection i do believe that they end up in all elite wrestling however anywhere they go they're going to be just they're going to tear shit up even if they want to do a run on the indies even if they want to go to ring of honor and be ta- you know be tag team champions there they could I, i'm almost positive they will always have a home in new japan yeah i think they'd be a, a hugely hugely welcome addition to the nwa tag division but i think at the end of the day they will end up in all elite wrestling yeah Uh, look i think AEW is the obvious one Uh, i know that there are a whole lot of tag teams there yeah and i think that once they and i do believe they will introduce the six-man tag team title that'll clear up the tag team division a little bit for sure um, but in saying that, I think AEW makes a lot of sense. My preference is for them to go to Japan because number one, Gorillas of Destiny have become the most dominant heavyweight tag team in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and they only recently, as recent as their most recent title reign, which only lasted 20 days, but that's all it took to pass Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson on the all-time list of combined days as champion. Wow. That's a built-in story right there. Gallows and Anderson, in only three reigns, rank fifth all-time in days as champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Carl Anderson, by the way, with Giant Bernard, a.k.a. Albert A. Train and every other thing he's ever been called, they're sixth. Carl Anderson might be the best tag team wrestler in the history of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I know you can slap me. I know that the answer is Tenzon, but after Tenzon, the answer is Carl Anderson. He's that good. And look, I I love Luke Gallows. I think he's done a great job every time he's been in WWE. Uh, He's done some out there gimmicks. He's done some some question gimmicks. Yeah, it's been a it's been the whole spectrum. But I think Carl Anderson has single star written all over him. And I think if he goes back to New Japan, I know he's 40 years old already. But if he goes back to New Japan, I think not only can they topple the tag team division again i think they can rejoin bullet club and i think carl anderson can take over as what he really was when he was over there and never gets mentioned which is the leader of bullet club and i think he could even get a heavyweight title reign before he calls it quits and i think that's something he deserves because everybody loves new japan now and and it's great but carl anderson was one of the original gaijins who really help put new japan on the map for the american audience and i really hope he gets to go over there and have these singles run that would validate the importance that he holds to the success of that company and really international wrestling as a whole i'd love to see that and i hope that happens i hope he i carl like it's possible that these two don't end up in the same place you know it's possible true 
But with that, you know, I, I do agree with you. I think New Japan would be really cool, but I do also believe that they end up in All Elite. Yeah. Up next, um, he recently retired. He was a, you know, now he was, well, he was a producer. Yeah. Kurt Angle, WWE Hall of Famer, gone. Yeah. This one's tricky because, you know, he, I I don't get I don't get this release. You know, are you? Why would you really? I get it. You're releasing agents and all that good stuff, but this is Kurt freaking Angle. Yeah. This is one of the ones where it's like, I hope this is a furlough, and I hope you're bringing him back. Right. Like, you know, again, I, I don't get it. He's Kurt freaking angle. He won a gold medal, an Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> I think if he wants to be an agent anywhere, you know, he could go back to impact. He can go to ring of honor. He can go to new Japan. He can go to AEW. He can go to NWA. It doesn't matter. Anybody should open their checkbooks for that wrestling mind of his. I agree. And on that note, if AEW doesn't offer him a buttload of money, they're out of their minds. Yes, I agree. And I think we're going to keep Kurt Angle short and sweet because I do believe that, unfortunately, unfortunately, his last match happened already, and unfortunately, it was against Baron Corbin. But, but hey, maybe we can get one more match, the dream match of Kurt Angle versus Kenny Omega for a proper send-off. Oh, buddy. Got me all hot and heavy over here thinking about that one. <laughs> well, on that note of hot and heavy, mm, there we go. really nothing to associate hot and heavy with this guy, but it works. Leo Rush. Leo Rush is one of the bigger names who got released today. Um, he was obviously the manager for Bobby Lashley in a program that started out pretty damn annoying, but actually became super freaking over, you know? Uh, and then he kind of disappeared for a while, came back, won the cruiserweight title, seemed to be getting over pretty heavily in NXT, yeah. but now he's on his way out. I know recently he said on Twitter, he doesn't feel comfortable wrestling in these conditions. Uh, and then also said on Twitter that he's shocked that he's not included in the cruiserweight title tournament that are, is being held in these conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I Certainly understand why he wouldn't want to wrestle, but maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. Regardless of why, he is on his way out. Uh, some people have speculated that his preference is actually not to continue wrestling, but to pursue his music career, or maybe mm-hmm. just have a lighter schedule. And if the answer is lighter schedule, well, AEW. They run and once a week. <laughs> once a week. <laughs> That's a pretty light schedule if I ever heard of one. Yeah, I think working Wednesdays and making a decent amount of money is not such a bad deal. So if he's what I, I don't know about his relationships with anyone there, but if he's welcomed into AEW, the guy can certainly wrestle. Yep. So I would say that that is for me the the clear answer or destination. Yep. I I believe that to be the case as well. And I think he's whatever he ends up doing, he's going to succeed because he's what twenty four, just turned twenty five. He's insanely young. Yeah, he can go anywhere he wants. He'll be successful. And by the way, Leo Rush versus Darby Allen, sign me oh, up. Sign me all the way up. Pun intended. All the way up. 
Now, this next set of superstars. I say this. I say all of these releases surprise me. This this release surprised me. This one surprised me a lot because I feel like they were both on maternity leave. Yeah. Mike and Maria Canales have been released by WWE today. Right after they were brought back. After seemingly being on their way out. Yeah. I thought that, you know, they they were very, pu- you know, they were both pretty public about the fact that they wanted to leave. Yeah. Um, WWE did not grant that request at that time. So what do they do? They come back. Or, well, Mike comes back, Maria goes and has another kid. You know, congratulations to them. Yeah. And now, gone. So... I'm sure Maria, I don't know if she plans on ever returning. I know it's got to be hard with two kids. I have one of my own, and that's a lot of work. But Mike Canellis, I know he's got that relationship or that old relationship with Impact Wrestling. He was pretty prominent, featured prominently there. Yeah. Um, He was also part of the, you know, the kingdom, right, in Ring of Honor. Yeah. I know he's got New Japan roots as well. I believe he was an IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champion with Matt Taven. Right. Um, I don't think he's got any ties with NWA as far as I know. But again, I know a I I know AEW can't sit here and just sign everybody. But I think he'd fit well there because of that relationship that I believe he has with Cody. Yeah. Well, you know, that that's the difficult thing when we talk about all of this, you know, and, and I think the instinct often becomes, you know, AEW should sign this person. And it's easy to say that. It's very easy to say that. But there are only so many roster spots. There are only so many matches. There are only so many titles, et cetera, et cetera. So I think they would actually be a great fit for AEW. I think they'd bring something unique to the table. But my pick, just as you said, in terms of their roots, Ring of Honor. You know, the kingdom is one of the strongest factions in Ring of Honor history. And I think what they played on was something great and something they can continue to play on. And that is the the polarizing narrative of sports entertainers in a professional wrestling company. And that got Bennett over quite heavily in Ring of Honor. Uh, As you said, IWGP Tag Team Champions. He also won the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Uh, I think that the key for Mike and Maria is going to be going to a company that is going to play to the strengths of those characters. And I think those characters stand out in Ring of Honor as opposed to being a part of the puzzle somewhere else. So I would say Ring of Honor is a good place for them to go back to. Uh, I think Ring of Honor is heading in the right direction again with the shows they've been booking where it's very wrestling heavy, which is what we want from Ring of Honor the best professional wrestling company in the world, or at least in the country. That's what they used to be. And then you introduce Mike Kanellis, the sports entertainer, and it's instant heat. And you know that him and Maria can both cut a hell of a promo. So I think that if you go that route with them, you're really setting yourself up for 
not just success, but to do something that actually stands out from the pack. And that's hard to do in this era when there are so many damn wrestlers and companies. Ring of Honor seems like the best place, especially, you know, Matt Taven's still there. I feel like he could do a lot there. But AEW would work, Impact Wrestling would work, a New Japan run would work, even an NWA run would work. It's very, it's, Mike Canales has, I feel, a lot of options. Yeah, and a lot of talent. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, before we move on to the next the next superstar, I feel like it's important to note that I believe Mike Canales did not get a fair shake in WWE because he was definitely someone that I felt like could have thrived in NXT, especially with the character that he and Maria were – the characters, I'm sorry, that he and Maria were given. Yeah. I feel like that could have really worked. Mm-hmm. But alas – I mean, they also could have built upon the real life. You know, they were open and talking about, you know, Mike Canellas had, you know, drug issues that he overcame. I think that's a good feel-good story you can build up. But Right. All the sympathy you could have built up for a guy that, you know, went through real-life stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, again, can't change the past. We're looking nope. to the future. So yep. wherever, he, wherever they go, I think they're going to be successful. Yes, and I do believe that they will be just – they. you said it. They'll be successful anywhere they go. Yeah. One person I I can't think. I can't think of where they will end up, and I think that, that's pretty, that might be exciting for him. But No Way Jose Yeah. released today. I don't – no clue. I know he was a product of the system for WWE for – how long now he was in the he was in nxt for a long time yeah does he continue pursuing pro wrestling well you know what's interesting like the the difficulty here i think to try i mean i think to capture what you're saying is you know we don't know anything about him as a wrestler right most of his match even in nxt a lot of his matches were kind of quick matches and then he would hit that you know, giant punch. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and I think he's charismatic. You know, he yep. came out, he pulled that character off to the best of his abilities. Of course. He's also a big guy, you know, 6'3". I think the key for him is whatever you do, you got to figure out what character you're going to portray. If you want to be No Way Jose, or whatever, you know, variation that isn't copyrighted, you know, you can be. Yeah. You know, go ahead and be it. I think there's a, a ceiling on that type of character um, and an expiration date on that type of character. But, you know, again, I, I don't know enough about him as a wrestler or a talker to really comment on what he'll do next, unfortunately. Yeah, same here. It's, it's, it's tricky because, you know, like I said, I think he's been in WWE since... 2015 i do want to say and i think he had like a brief stint in the independence before signing with wwe yeah i just i don't know yeah look i'll I'll say this that right hand is a pretty damn good finisher yeah hell yeah Uh, and i think you can get that over uh so i'll say for the sake of needing an answer i think impact likes a lot of these you know you know reclamation projects where you take somebody without a defined character and you help them find themselves. So I'll, I'll say that's a good place for him to go. 
or I even agree. the NWA where, you know, it's more about character development than in the ring at this point. I like both options for him. And I do believe that, you know, he could be a really good project for someone like impact wrestling. I mean, you think about it this way. EC3 didn't become EC3 in WWE. No, you know, he was Derek Bateman and, you know, no way Jose may end up, you know, I'm not saying he'll become EC3 by any means, but that's something that impact might see and be like, you know what? We can help this guy. We could mold him into something. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, on the front of people who genuinely shocked me, yep. you know, a lot of these, you know, releases were like, oh, man, I don't know if I was really shocked by any more than Eric Rowan. Uh, Eric Rowan was definitely one of the names where I'm like, huh, that's weird. I, I know that the spider thing was ridiculous. Yes, of course. I know. But I thought Eric Rowan did an outstanding job during his feud with Roman Reigns. Yep. It was a really good twist for it not to be Daniel Bryan behind everything. Yep. And I know everybody's going to sit here and say anybody can have a good match with Daniel Bryan. That's 100% true. That match he had with Daniel Bryan, where Bryan's leg got caught in the ropes. The th- I know that it's small and weird, but the things that Eric Rowan did in that moment to mask the fact that he was trying to get Brian's leg out and still p- keep the assault up was genius. I think that he's a guy who could have been a, and you know, I, I, I hate to compare them as wrestlers because they're nothing alike, right. but almost like a Kane level star where... He has that intimidation factor about him, but he's also, and I think he is, Eric Rowan's a pretty good wrestler. The dude's 6'8", 300 plus pounds. He pulls out some pretty athletic stuff when you don't expect him to, and he's been a part of a lot of really good matches. So I don't know if he can be a featured player somewhere, but I do think that he always thrived as a part of something. And I also think that, you know, he... Over the last year, he really impressed me. And I thought that after, you know, the way he was eliminated by Lesnar, where it was like he got into the ring and got clotheslined before he could do anything, I thought that was a nice little protection where it's like, hey, he's going to be something. You saw him, one of the very few people who was ever, or at least over the past year or two, pinned Roman Reigns. I was hoping that that would build to something. And I know that the spider was ridiculous, but I think Eric Rowan's a good wrestler. I think you need big guys in professional wrestling. And on that note, you know, I know that it's a cop out because Luke Harper went there, but I think Eric Rowan would be a really good fit in AEW because one of the, you know, I was talking about this with someone else the other day. I think the separating factor for WWE and There are going to be people who don't like this kind of wrestling, but they have big guys and nobody else has big guys. I agree. Important. And I know we're saying Jake Hager is a big guy. I'm not denying that legitimate wrestler, legitimate fighter, six, seven, but Eric Rowan's a big guy and add him to the mix there. Even as just muscle early on, I know it would be redundant, but as muscle. And I think that, you have something different in AEW, and that's always good. So 
I think he I think he's a guy who could actually be successful almost anywhere. I don't think Ring of Honor would be a good fit, but I think anywhere else, I think he could be a good fit. But AEW, I think he has a chance to actually be a part of something big, and that could create new opportunities down the line. I am in 100% agreeance with you. I think he's 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 more talented than I think a lot of people realize. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you listened to um, Jericho's podcast with Brody Lee not too yeah. long ago. Yeah. Um, Brody Lee said nothing but good things about Eric Rowan and his work ethic and all that stuff. Like, he's a good worker, and I think anywhere he ends up, he's gonna he's gonna make the most of it. But right. I do believe that you know, it's some sometimes guys are just tied together forever, right? And <laughs> I think Eric Rowan's gonna be one of those guys that are just you know. Whether they like it or not, I think he and Brody Lee slash Luke Harper are going to be together forever in a sense, right? Yeah. And, and you know what? That's not a bad thing. No. You know, if, if WWE had done – and again, you know me. I don't like talking about booking. If you go right. to heelturnsandheadlocks.com, you'll Ooh, see – Nice know, plug. To, <laughs> to give you a little you know, view behind the curtain. We write those articles in character. We want to keep kayfabe alive. We want to give back to professional wrestling in the yep. way it's given to us. By, you know, whether or not you you think that this makes sense, we want to pretend it's real. We want to write about it like real things just happened on a real thing we just watched. And we'll talk about booking a little bit on this podcast, but we really, you know, we we try not to view it from that perspective because at least for me, I always feel like watching it as a booker ruins your enjoyment of it because you yep. start thinking about what could have been instead of what was, and that's always a dangerous game. But if you look at it, sure, Eric Rowan, you know, NXT tag team champion, two-time SmackDown tag team champion, not a bad resume. No. But the Wyatt family was the most over thing in wrestling. Yep. Including the Shield, which is why they beat the Shield. And even after they beat the Shield, it took until Rowan and Harper were the Bludgeon Brothers to actually win the titles. It, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know if I ever will. No, but you know, you should have, you you could have easily had those two, you know, Rowan and Harper feuding. Any iteration of Ambrose. Rollins and Reigns for those tag team titles, and it would have been year. awesome for years. For a year, you could have you could have spread that out for two, three years, yep. and every couple of months that they're back at it, and nobody would have complained. They no. were that good, and I love the New Day, I love the Bar, I love the Usos, but not capitalizing on the Wyatt family. Blah, blah blah. Excuse me. Not capitalizing on the Wyatt family is a grave mistake, and I think that. Because of that, Eric Rowan's resume doesn't look like it should, and people don't realize how damn good he is. Because he's very, very good. Yep. And to transition to the next superstar, this one. This one. This Another one. guy whose resume looks nothing like it should. This one. A damn good resume. <laughs> this one sucks. Yeah. Now, before I say his name, I'm just gonna say I'm surprised that his wife is still yeah. under as of now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that changes. I don't know if she feels the need to leave. However, 
Rusev. The fact that... Oh my... He... This... Okay, listen. This man... I'm sorry for... I'm sorry in advance for swearing. This man came out in a fucking tank. Yeah. At WrestleMania. And lost. He lost that match. And I feel... And... I don't know. I... I could do a whole podcast on Rusev one day. We probably will just to talk about his career and what, you know, I'd like to talk about what should have happened in terms of the career of handsome Rusev, a man that got a, he got a day over. Yeah. I have a happy Rusev day shirt. I actually have two happy Rusev day shirts. And for you to tell me that this man has three WWE United States championship reigns to his, to his resume? No. Dog shit. Look, to me, there are, look, there are three missed opportunities, three whole missed opportunities in his career. And I mean that as a big number. And that is, look, when he was the anti-America Rusev with Lana pretending she's Russian, that was hot. That was so hot that The Rock came back for it. That's how hot that was. And look, the three United States title reigns, top 15 all time in days as United States champion. I'm happy about that. Good for him, man. Rock on. Yep. Problem is, that's a world title level gimmick. That's a world title level story. That that was like everything you wanted Muhammad Hassan to be before you couldn't have Muhammad Hassan anymore. Bingo. And the second thing... I thought the League of Nations had so much potential. They did. You're talking about three guy or two guys who were world champions in Sheamus and Alberto Del Rio, and two guys who should have been world champions in Rusev and Wade Barrett. Yep. They were big. They were mean. They were intimidating. They should have, really, they should have just won all the gold. But again, didn't happen. And then you move <laughs> on to Rusev Day. Oh, God, I know. And I'll say this. I never even understood the hype of Rusev Day. I'll own that. But I knew that it should have been more successful because it was over. Every damn arena. People were chanting Rusev Day. During that ridiculous cuckolding storyline with Bobby Lashley banging the blonde chick. Like every porn that that company probably watches. (sighs) Rusev Day chants actually rain down instead of boring or BS. You know, it's it's messed up too, and I know we want to talk strictly in character, but this man, I think it was last week, tweeted that he was giving $25,000 of his own money to pay WWE production workers because they weren't getting paid. Uh, look, we don't know him personally, but he seems like a hell of a dude. Yeah, and the just the 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 audacity, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. On top of that, let's you know, and, and let's let's say we don't we don't know exactly what happened. It could be that Rusev requested the release. It's possible. You know, it's possible. They, yeah, we know that they've been in contract negotiations for a while. It could have come to pass that after all this, Rusev just said, "You know what? I'm going to cut my losses. Yeah. Have a good one. Hopefully, my wife is out of here soon too." And the fact that oh, you know, it's it's funny because like I. <sighs> I know you can't control the storyline for the most part, right? But this man was watching not only not only 
Bobby Lashley make out with his wife on national television, but <laughs> Dolph Ziggler has made out with his wife on national television. He it's might like, be a cuckold. There, there's, there's something weird in. <laughs> I don't want to say it's weird in Vince McMahon's dement, weird head, demented head, whatever. There's a lot. There, there. Rusev should have been an all-time great. He should have been absolutely, and he, he was. A, get me wrong. He still can be. Yeah, and, and look, he was a WWE wrestler. Yep. Like he, he could do the WWE style. Now, again, I wasn't a huge fan of him as a face, but a lot of people were. And I think, look, a lot of times we overrate the importance of titles, but a lot of times the importance of titles are underrated. And you said it yourself, Aiden English and Rusev, they should have been tag team champions at least one time, if not multiple times. That feud between Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura was one produced some of the best matches of the past five years that have already been buried, even though they should be highlighted as yep. standout performances. And look, I don't know what went wrong. It always seemed like there was one foot in, one foot out with that character, whatever iteration it was. All I know is we have to answer the question of what's next. Yep. And, AEW is the obvious stateside answer. My answer, though, is simple, and it's New Japan Pro Wrestling, because if you watch Rusev when he really has to become a wrestler, that dude can wrestle. You and I have very similar mindsets on it. I agree with you a thousand percent. I thought for sure, okay, you know what? AEW seems like the obvious choice, but this man could be IWGP Heavyweight Champion. 100%. IWGP Intercontinental Champion. If he wants to go have Moxley for the United States Championship, uh, he could do that too. Do you remember when he had the accolade in and then he went back and he grapevined it and he fell onto his back and it looked like he just snapped somebody's spine? Oh, my God. That image is in my head forever. The guy is an incredible wrestler, an incredible character. He knows how to work a crowd, face or heel. Yep. (sighs) He can go anywhere. And anywhere. He could be the Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Champion if he wants to. I, I don't know if I oh, want to watch him de- demolish Tessa <laughs> Blanchard, but no. You know. um, he <laughs> could go to Ring of Honor. Saying, no. Look, I think if he doesn't go to New Japan, which would be very disappointing, because I don't know enough about his personal life. Maybe he doesn't want to go to Japan while Lana is still in WWE. Right. I think AEW, he would immediately be a standout star. A standout star. I think if he goes to Ring of Honor, he would be the star. Yep. Which could be very appealing to a guy who doesn't feel like he's gotten a fair shake to be the star. Whatever it is, I think that whatever our answers are, you know, the bottom line is that Rusev is ridiculously talented and he needs to be in the main event wherever the hell he ends up. And I hope to God it's New Japan. But like we said, that man, if he wants to become NWA champion, he could do that. Yeah. I think he'd be a star in AEW. I think he'd immediately contend to John Moxley for the Rusev, championship. Rusev versus Tetsuya Naito or Kazushiko Okada or Hiroshi Tanahashi or Jay White, whoever the hell has the title, Cody Ibushi, doesn't matter. That's a main event on any card in any country, any weekday, month, year. And that's why I think anywhere he ends up, 
he'll he'll be fine. And I think I you know I, like I said I want to do a whole episode dedicated to Rusev and what could have what what could like he might be one of those one of the top candidates for what could have been hundred percent. The guy is a, not was a star. The guy is a star. And it's going to be awkward to transition from Rusev to our next star <laughs> because like Rusev, I guess they have a little similarity. She never really did get a fair shake. And I'm going to let you take the floor on this because the Riot Squad is forever your shit. Well, I'll make three things known about me right now as far as wrestling that you should know before we go into this. Number one, I think titles matter. Mm -hmm. Number two, I think if you have a faction that's dominant, they should win titles, plural. And number three, I think the Riot Squad might be the biggest missed opportunity of the entire women's revolution. Yep. At first... I didn't understand the Riot Squad because they can't remember they came on what was it the same exact week as Absolution? Yep, I think you're right. Or yeah, the same week when Paige and uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville debuted on Raw, the Riot Squad simultaneously debuted on SmackDown, and it was kind of a cool dynamic where it's like, oh, which faction is going to be more successful? And then it turns out neither of them actually won anything. Right, which is um, just equally as weird. Yeah, you know, at least on the absolution front, you have the excuse of, unfortunately, Paige having to retire. Yeah. I know Ruby Riot got surgery last year and missed almost, what, 10, 11 months because she got surgery on both shoulders. But the Riot Squad had a healthy two-year run that led to nothing. Yep. You know, I'm fine if Sasha and Bailey are the first women's tag team champions. But Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan... If not Ruby Wright with the free uh, Freebird rule, they should have gotten it next. I love the Iconics. Come on. I- I'll never understand the idea of developing a faction. Same thing that we just said about the Wyatt family. Bray didn't win until Eric Rowan got hurt and then Randy was in the Wyatt family. I- what was the point of everything we watched? It didn't even build up to what happened. The fact that we didn't get a Riot Squad triple threat at WrestleMania, like... You built up that story on Raw. It's not out of thin air. You built it up. They broke up. They had tension. And then you get to Elimination Chamber, and they spend a grand total of zero seconds in the ring together. Yep. What was the point? There there, there There was nothing. There was nothing. As I sip my wine... Anyways, Sarah Logan, formerly known on the indies as Crazy Mary Dobson, a very good gimmick, by the way, has been released by WWE. The question then obviously becomes what is next for her. And I know that, you know, she got a few chances this year or within the past 12 months or so to kind of make a statement. I thought she did a really good job in her program with Charlotte Flair that lasted a few weeks. I thought that she did a good job during the Elimination Chamber match. I thought that she did a good job building up to it. I just don't think that that character was ever thoroughly explored. I don't understand the reason why you would put pictures of a Viking wedding between her and one half of the Viking Raiders all over your social media accounts and your website, but not actually show them together on screen. I don't get it. 
What I do know is Sarah Logan's a pretty good wrestler. And as we said earlier, AEW desperately needs depth and talent, if not star power, in that women's division. And I think Sarah Logan can generate some of that, get some of that sympathy. Yeah, you know, screw WWE heat that Mm -hmm. AEW crowds always have. Mm -hmm. And really, I mean, she's had good matches over the years. It's just kind of like we've never known where her character was going. And her whole appeal on the indies before she got signed was her character work. Mm-hmm. So I think going to AEW would give her a chance to develop that character and really kind of stand out. But if she doesn't want to do that, the obvious answer, again, for character work for female wrestlers is, of course, Impact Wrestling. You nailed it. You nailed it right there. And I agree with you. Now, I promised a contest. Yes, you did. And with that, the first person to post on any of our social medias, be it Facebook, Twitter. We don't have MySpace. Um, I was going to say MySpace. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Shout out, Tom. Shout out to Tom. Top eight. One of these wrestlers on our on this list of released talent actually had as of as of now the rocks last match you know the answer right yes it's a weird answer you wouldn't expect it but (laughs) Dwayne the rock johnson's last televised match or match in general i don't think the rock's gonna be appearing at any house shows anytime soon fingers crossed yeah the rock's last match was against one of these wrestlers that were released today. Name him. Be, like I said, post it on our Facebook wall, tweet it at us, post it on a comment on Instagram, whatever the case may be. Tell us who that was, and you will win a Heel Turns and Headlocks t-shirt. What's better than that? I'll give you that answer. Absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> And on that note, we're going to give you one little extra addition to this list. They weren't technically released as a part of this round, I guess, but they were recently. I guess they weren't released. Their contracts came up. Uh, The Revival, or whatever mechanics they are now. Uh, The Mechanics, The Revival, I think their names are like Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. I don't know, but hey, gone. Let's do it. Look, the... We're not going to sit here and pretend that they're heading anywhere other than AEW. We know. It would surprise the hell out of me if they ended up anywhere else. The elite have been doing the FTR joke for how long now? We know where they're going. But we just thought that we would throw out one other option that could be done in addition. Mm -hmm. And for me, that would be the NWA. They fit so well. So well. And look, if, if you are unfamiliar with what the NWA has been doing, go check them out. Every show they do is free on YouTube. It is old school in-studio wrestling. It's worth checking out just to see if you're for it. It's about promos. It's about character work. It's about connecting with a crowd in an intimate setting. It's really good. And Nick Aldis, by the way, shout out EFED days, hey. is an outstanding world champion wears the suit does the whole shtick you know has had some great matches with guys like cody and marty Sherrill. 
You know, Thunder Rosa, the women's champion there, she's a star on the rise. You will hear her name a lot. Mm-hmm. Eli Drake might cut the best promo in wrestling right now besides Bray Wyatt because who the hell can match that? Right. You, know, you got Aaron Stevens, a.k.a. Damian Sandow, James Storm of TNA fan fame. And NWA actually works very closely with Ring of Honor. It's It's a fun show. It's a unique show at a time when there isn't much going on in terms of being unique guys like ricky starks are future stars if you're like me and you love trevor murdoch for no reason he's back it's worth it check it out and on that note the reason i think the revival should go there is because let's be real they're nwa fans you don't wrestle that style if you're not we've called them a thousand times the new age brain busters arn anderson and tully blanchard what did Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard do? Well, they're five-time NWA World Tag Team Champions. It would surprise me if they didn't end up in AEW, but they'd fit so well in NWA. Yeah. And I but again, you know, another factor in, you know, the NWA fandom of the Revival or formerly known as the Revival, Arn Anderson is an agent in AEW. Boom. There's just, there's so many insane ties that will tie the mechanics, the revival, the whatever they are. And can we just drop one more gem of an idea? You said the other day, Jim Cornette managing the revival. What if Arn Anderson managed the revival? Now that's a, imagine it's, you know, you can even throw them, you know, I know there's a lot of stables in AEW right now between the dark order, the inner circle, Jungle the, Express, the yeah, the Jurassic Express, the um, thank you, yeah, all <laughs> the shit. Oh, don't, don't, don't blame me on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Death Triangle. There you go. Now imagine the stable of Arn Anderson, Cody, and the Revival. You know what I call that? With one person, whoever they choose added, that's the new Horseman. Boom. And Boom. pay us our money. Boom. <laughs> well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this journey. I'm sorry if we were all over the place. We're figuring it out. We're going to get better in time. We're committed. This is our dream. Wrestling yep. is our lives. We've known each other since we were 12, 13 years old. Crazy to think about. All because of wrestling. It's been 15, 16 years, 70. Oh, God, I don't even want to. Yeah. It's been almost 20 years. Yeah. And the foundation of our friendship at the start was wrestling. So why not go back to those roots? And that's why I'm so happy that we're deciding to launch this podcast. And listen, if you don't listen for the whole hour or however long this is, it's fine. You know, if you don't want to support, it's fine. If there's so many wrestling podcasts already, it's fine. But we're 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 living our dream, and that's something that we th- this is something that we've always wanted to do. And now we have fancy, cool microphones, so we can, you know. Shout out, uh, blue microphones, by the way. Yeah, yeah. If you would like to start a podcast, or if you would like to record music, and you don't know how all those fancy cords work and you just want a usb to plug into your computer blue microphones high quality microphones that make it easy for people who don't really know what to do they should sponsor our asses now 
they, they won't. It's out there, everybody. Sure. If you're going to do anything for us, put it out there to blue microphones. Sponsor us. One more time, just so you guys know, again, anything on social media. Yeah. You guys got to answer this question. You win a free shirt. We have so many cool things coming, too. I mean, like, for God's sake, we're talking to a guy about developing an app for us on smartphones. Yeah. Um, you know, we have shirts coming out. We have a website coming out where my writer friend over here is going to post a bunch of cool articles. It's it's this is such an exciting time for us and I know and we we just hope that we can distract you during these weird times. But even when these weird times end, we're still going to be here because this is what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And look, again, if you're not a fan, we thank you for trying. If yeah. you are a fan, we're here every week. We're going to even try and do it more often than that when we can. Yeah, hell yeah. And, you know, we weren't, we were, you know, as previously mentioned, we were going to do this on Sunday. But with all the releases that happened today and, you know, we don't know if there's going to be more that more to come. You know, I've been refreshing Twitter here every couple minutes and it doesn't look like there's many more um releases as of yet no thank but, god by the way yeah like people gotta stop you know losing their jobs yeah but whatever the case may be um i'm still game for us to continue to do our podcast on sunday and we will go more in depth on the week thus far in pro wrestling besides the releases obviously because we just covered that However, if there are more releases, we'll definitely cover that on Sunday. Yeah. And again, if this isn't too professional, we apologize. But again, we hope you understand. It's raw. It's real. We're fans. First and, and foremost. For, first and foremost. And we all have our big dreams and be of you know, being this and that. But at, at the heart of it, we're fans. And hopefully, if you're fans too... Or even if you're trying to figure out what it is about professional re- wrestling that has everybody going crazy, you know, you'll give us a chance and you'll you'll join the discussion. So again, thank you guys and girls so much for joining us. Uh, I know we were kind of all over the place, but this is a dream come true, and words can't express how much it means to us for you to be a a part of this journey with us. And with those beautiful words. We will see you all this Sunday for episode two of Heel Turns and Headlocks.